two foundations of Pentecost dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. We have been in a series... Yeah, I knew not to turn it up. I was talking soft and I was going, before long, before long you'll have hair like mine. Um... We have been on a series on the Holy Spirit and the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this morning we are going to be talking about the evidence of the Spirit. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles, we're actually uh, on Lesson 8. It's actually actually the ninth lesson because the first lesson we did a two-part series on. Um... And uh, so we, have, we are on our eighth lesson about the Holy Ghost, and we're just now getting around to Acts chapter 2. So we'll be looking at Acts chapter 2 this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite His presence to be with us. Father, we're thankful for the privilege that we have to come before You this morning. Lord, I pray that You would be with us during this time together. Lord, as we look at Your Word, I pray that our hearts and minds would be open and receptive to the Spirit that we would hear what You would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I've said before in this series, and and I keep reminding us because we're going back to some very basic stuff, but it's stuff that we need to know. And uh, though a lot of us have heard it, and though we, uh, we, we may know it, sometimes it's good to refresh our memory because there are a lot of young people coming behind us that do not know what we believe and do not have a good understanding. And so, uh, not only is it important for us to know things for ourselves, but it is also important for us to know it that we can share it with other people and to help them and encourage them in the right way. So this morning we're going to be talking about the evidence of the Spirit Familiar passage of Scripture to anyone who has been in Pentecost very long. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Bible teaches us that when we come to Christ and and are born again, we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. But just as there is a dramatic change that takes place in our life, at salvation, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there should be another change that takes place in our life that, that is recognizable and that is discernible to other people that something has happened in our life. In Acts chapter 8, we read a story, the story about how Philip went and preached the gospel to the Samaritans, and as he was there preaching the gospel to the Samaritans, and they they came to Jesus Christ and accepted salvation, and so the church sent Peter and John 
to Samaria to lay hands on them that they might receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We talked about last week that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a distinct and a separate experience from salvation that happens after salvation. And so in Samaria, they had accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, when Peter and John come to Samaria and they begin to lay hands on the people and they begin to receive the Holy Ghost, there is something that happens that Simon the sorcerer looks and he says, I want the power that when I can lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Ghost. And so he offered money to Peter and John that he might have that power. Simon would have never offered that if there had not been something visible take place when people received the Holy Ghost. And so there was an evidence that the Holy Ghost had taken place. A life of intimacy with God and a walk of power in the Spirit are the best proofs of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The matter which we are looking at this morning is the initial experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that outward physical sign which is an evidence of the experience. A lot of times when we talk about the baptism in the Holy Ghost, the first thing we talk about is the initial physical physical evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the evidence. We are given a new tongue when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues is not the only evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the initial evidence. It is a physical evidence, but there are other evidences of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that take place in the life of the believer. And speaking in other tongues is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so many times we have people that get that confused. They seek after the ability to speak in other tongues. They seek after God wanting to speak in other tongues rather than to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The the speaking in other tongues is only an evidence. The first thing we find when we talk about speaking in other tongues is, of course, there are many biblical examples of this. And, And everything that we do, and we talk about so often in here, that everything must go back to the Word of God. Everything we believe is based on the Word of God. If it is not found in the Bible then we can't build doctrine on it. When it is found in the Bible, we need to obey it. We cannot dismiss speaking in other tongues because it is in the Bible so many times. As we just read, it was there on the day of Pentecost when the 120 were gathered together and and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 10, we read about Peter going to the house of Cornelius when, when the gospel first came to the Gentiles. And, and Peter goes and he begins to preach Jesus Christ. And in verse 44, the Bible says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. 
as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnified God. So we find not only in Acts chapter 2, but in Acts chapter 10, we find them speaking with other tongues. In Acts chapter 19, and we looked at that last week, when Paul asked the Ephesian believers, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't heard if there be such a Holy Ghost. And Paul began to talk to them and explain to them the deeper experience in the Lord. And and the Bible says in verse 6, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So even the Apostle Paul spoke with other tongues and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When we look at the scriptural evidence, Though the the Bible does not tell us all of the details of every time someone was baptized, there is enough times that the Bible refers to the speaking in other tongues that we can uh, understand that when someone is baptized with the Holy Ghost, they will speak with other tongues. When they begin to speak with other tongues, the Bible says of those that were in the upper room in the text that we read this morning, said they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. When we speak with other tongues, it is something that is divine. It is something that comes from God. It is not something of our own ability. It is not something of our own will. But it is a given to us by the Spirit of God. It is a language that is unlearned to the person that is speaking. If we had gone on and read in Acts chapter 2, we would find that the people that there in, were there in the upper room were praising and magnifying God in languages which they did not know. But there were many people there that did know the languages that they were speaking of. Most of us have probably heard stories told about in other countries when someone received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that they begin to speak in English and had never learned English before in their life. But they begin to speak with other tongues. Sometimes the other tongues doesn't necessarily have to be a language that is known here on earth. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He says that there are tongues of men, but there are tongues of angels. It may not be a language that is known here on earth. Sometimes there are uh, people that will speak in a... But oftentimes the language that is given is a sign of those uh, that speak here on earth. I've um, many times heard stories of, of people that went and wanted to know who it was that was speaking in a certain language, only to uh, uh, be told, well, they don't speak that language. They don't know that language. Because the Spirit gives the utterance. If I remember the story correctly, my grandfather, when he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, someone came to him and said, don't let anybody make you doubt your experience. And I think they told him it was Bulgarian that he was speaking in as he spoke in other tongues. 
Speaking in other tongues is not something that can be taught. We have a lot of people today that will try to teach people how to speak in other tongues. And probably not so much in the uh, churches that we fellowship with and the, the area that we are known, that we are familiar with. But there are many people that, that try to teach speaking in other tongues. And then we must also understand that speaking in other tongues is not something where we are just speaking out of ecstasy, where we have worked ourselves into a frenzy and just begin to babble because we have worked ourselves into such a frenzy. And we are in a danger sometimes in our churches because we try to work the emotions so much that we try to work people into a frenzy and we think that that is the move of the Holy Ghost when that is not a move of the Holy Ghost. A move of the Holy Ghost settles down and we can be in a very... Matter of fact, it amazes me sometimes and I'm, I'm going to get off here, I know, and maybe get myself in trouble, but it amazes me sometimes. We get, we get in a service and somebody will preach on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, and they'll say, now, if you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, come up to the altar. And, now, don't be sitting, kneeling down and burying your head down in your arm and, and stuff. You need to stand up and raise your hands and praise the Lord. Wait a minute, on the day of Pentecost, it says they were sitting. And then we get up and try to tell them, well, you've got to be standing up. You've got to have your hands in here. You can't put your... You know what? God's God. God can baptize a hungry heart any way He pleases. Then, we must understand that speaking in other tongues can be counterfeited. Just because a person speaks in other tongues, I told you already, that's not the only evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There needs to be more evidence than just speaking in other tongues. The mere occurrence of speaking in tongues or, or any other supernatural manifestation is not incontestable evidence of the work and presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Sometimes an individual can there have been times that an individual has, has jabbered. I've, I, I've got, a, a, I've got a, a CD that it's a, a live uh, music CD, Pentecostal. Uh, has some really good music. They do a lot of the old songs on there. And uh, right in the middle of it, the guy that is moderating 
says something about Pentecostals and, and speaking in other tongues and just takes off with, with some gibberish that is not the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost speaks through us as the Spirit gives utterance, not as we will, not on command, not on my desires, but it is as He gives us the utterance. But not, so sometimes, sometimes, now sometimes I think there are people that probably with an honest heart have at times mistakenly in the flesh tried to speak in tongues when it may not have been God. And I don't, I, I, if, if they have an open and honest heart before God, only God can judge that. But let me tell you, the devil has the ability to inspire speaking in other tongues that is of a demonic origin. And there are times that people can speak in other tongues. And so you must examine and try the spirits. Just because they are speaking in other tongues does not mean it is of God. There are some people... Yes, sir. There are some people that under the inspiration of the devil can speak with other tongues that is not from God. So I wasn't sure what you were. <laughs> there are times that we, we have, we, we speak under the influence of demonic spirits. And I have heard times when I knew that that's what was happening, that it actually sent chills down my spine to know what was going on. That's why the Bible tells us that we are to try the spirits. And under, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are not dealing with just flesh and blood, but we are dealing with a spiritual battle. And so the devil will imitate the things of God. And so we need to look, not only when the Holy Ghost comes, there is more than just speaking in other tongues. Not only does He give us a new tongue, but we find that there is a new dynamic that takes place in our life. First of all, there is a boldness that comes. We see it immediately and most prominently probably in the life of Peter. Peter denied that he even knew Jesus Christ. At his crucifixion, and at his trial. And yet on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later, Peter stands up and boldly proclaims the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ. Later in the book of Acts it says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. The Holy Ghost gives us a boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those that were at one time intimidated 
to share their faith suddenly are emboldened to share their faith. Not only with, with uh, a boldness, but the Bible says ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. There is a power that comes upon us to accomplish mighty works. There are times that God will move on in ways and use us in ways. And, and, and sometimes it's power. We, we think of, you know, the big miracles and, and that's what, you know, and sometimes we get, we get all, things all... I remember the time, and I've shared it before, but I remember the time when our children were little. Adrian had a severe earache, and uh, um, we gave her some Tylenol or Advil or something. And but before it had time to take place, we prayed for her, and instantly the earache went away. You say, "Well, that wasn't a." You know, that was just coincidence or whatever. No, it wasn't because it was a sign that my kids caught. A few days later, we were riding down in the car and Elizabeth said, we're going to have another baby. I said, oh, we are. She said, yeah, you know how I know? I said, because we prayed for Adrian's ear the other night and God healed her instantly. And said, so I prayed for another baby. I said, you don't know how mom and dad are praying. Fortunately, God heard our prayers and not hers. But it was a testimony to our children of the power of God. It didn't need to be the blind being healed. It needed to be an ear being healed. And God knows what we have need of. And the Spirit will work not only in these mighty works, but to make our witness effective. That's why Jesus told His disciples, tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. Don't go out and try to witness without the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. Because the only way that a man can come to Jesus Christ or a woman can come to Jesus Christ is when the Spirit of God touches the spirit of man. And I cannot touch the spirit of man. I may can stir your emotions. I can touch your soul. But I cannot touch your spirit. And so, if I am going to be effective, then I have to be filled with the spirit so that the spirit working within me can touch your spirit so that men will be drawn to Jesus Christ. And so there is a new dynamic that takes place in our life. And then as we started out uh, in our introduction this morning, there is a new life that takes place when we realize the Holy Ghost in our life, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There are a number of different things that begin to evidence themselves in our life besides just speaking in other tongues. 
So many times we focus on that and so many times we, one of the biggest mistakes we make in the Pentecostal movement is we encourage people to seek after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But we find what actually has happened in, in, in the New Testament and throughout church history is not that they were seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were just seeking to draw closer to God. And as they begin to draw nigh unto God, God pours out His Spirit. And a lot of times we are seeking an experience rather than seeking a relationship. And if we would seek to deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ and to strengthen our relationship with the Father, we would find Him pouring His Spirit out upon us even when we do not expect it. The 120 that were gathered in the other room had no idea when they entered that room and had their business meeting that they were about to start speaking in other tongues. And yet God poured out His Spirit on them. And so we have a new life. One of the, one of the things that happens in this new life is that we begin to proclaim and to declare the praise of God. It deepens our praise and worship and, and glorification of God. And, and uh, uh, it is amazing on the day of Pentecost, they weren't, not only were they speaking in other tongues, but the people that understood them, they were glorifying God. They were magnifying God. And so the things that they said... Uh, in the Old Testament, we, when you look in the Old Testament, when the Holy Ghost came on a person, they begin to prophesy. You look at the life of Saul. One of the evidences that the Spirit was upon him after Samuel anointed him, Samuel told him, as you go along, you're going to meet some prophets and you're going to begin to prophesy with the prophets. And so uh, there is a prophetic uh, and that doesn't mean a foretelling of the future, but a proclaiming of the goodness of God. Then when the Holy Ghost comes into a life, there is an increased sensitivity to sin. We shun sin. It increases our, our uh, awareness of the vileness and the sinfulness of this world when we, come, when we receive the Holy Ghost Yes, we turn from sin. We're saved from sin when we come to Christ for salvation. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost just increases that within our life. And then our life brings glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in the book of Joel, and then when Peter proclaims uh, from the book of Joel uh, on the day of Pentecost, he says that uh, your young... Uh, men would see visions. Your old men would dream dreams. We have uh, God. The Holy Ghost begins to impart a new perspective for life when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then the Holy Ghost, and and we'll look at this later on in our series. But there begins to be a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit within our life. 
And a lot of times we think of the gifts of the Spirit because we come to church and there may be a message in tongues and interpretation or there may be a prophecy that goes forth. Uh, we, we tend to think, well, the gifts of the Spirit come during a service and that's... But the gifts of the Spirit are to be used in our everyday life. There are times that God will give us a word of wisdom for a specific time. There are times that God gives us a word of knowledge. There are times that other things, other gifts manifest themselves in our life. I know one time of one instance where there was a particular individual that was being considered for a position years and years ago. They were being considered for a position and, and somebody just out of the blue all of a sudden said, no. And everybody kind of looked at him and he said, I don't know why. I just feel that's wrong. And just a few weeks after someone else was chosen for that uh, position, a few weeks later it was found out that that person was having an affair that nobody knew about. So, it's not always in church, but the gifts are in operation in our day-to-day life. And then, another thing that is evidence of the Holy Ghost in our life is an increased desire to pray. An increased desire to spend time. For it is the Holy Ghost that helps us when we don't know what to say. When we don't have the He helps us with our prayer. And so now uh, it increases our desire to pray because we have someone who can help us to pray. Then it will increase our love and understanding of the Scripture. There are times when we can read a passage and read a passage and the Bible says, Peter says of Paul, he wrote some things that are hard to understand. So the Bible says there are some things in the Bible that are hard to understand. And so we read it and we read it and, and all of a sudden we read it and it's like a light comes on. As the Holy Ghost enlightens that passage to our minds. Sister Greaves, that was one thing I always enjoyed about being around Brother Greaves is... Man, you hardly ever visited with him very long till he said, man, the other day I was reading here in the Scripture. And he'd start telling you something that the Lord had showed him as he was reading in the Scripture. And uh, uh, I mean, it was constant with him. And evidence of the Holy Ghost working in his life. And then we have a deeper awareness of God as our Father. Uh, it increases our awareness. We talked about the fact that tongues can be uh, counterfeited. And the Bible says that we are to try the spirits. It is important for us to test the spirits, whether they are of God or not. And some of the things that we look at in testing of the Spirit or are much of a repeat of, of, of the things in our life. But 
First of all, there is a love for Jesus Christ when it is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will cause us to love and magnify and glorify God, the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that draws our prayers and our worship and our adoration toward anyone other than Jesus Christ is not of God. And so if our experience in the Holy Ghost is not magnifying Jesus Christ, then it may not be the Holy Ghost. Secondly, there is an increased awareness of our relationship with the Father. If the assumed baptism of the Holy Ghost in an individual's life does not result in greater fellowship with Christ... It is not from God. There is a greater love for the Scripture and anything that diminishes our hunger for the Word of God is not from God. Listen, if somebody says they are filled with the Spirit and God spoke to them and the Holy Ghost revealed to them something that is contrary to the written Word of God, then it is not of God. It must be backed up by the book. I've related before the story of an individual who said they prayed and fasted for an extended amount of time about whether to take somebody else's companion. And they felt like the Lord said it was okay. The Bible says that it's wrong. So it doesn't matter if you felt like a spirit spoke to you. A spirit might have spoke to you, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. There is a greater love for... Then there is a deepened love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. If it causes division and disunity and disharmony, it's not from God. It will cause obedience to the Word of God. It will give us And bring to us sanctification. The things of this world will lose their allurement to us. And if we adopt the things of this world, it is not from the Holy Ghost. It will increase our power and our desire to witness we will be receptive to the operation of the Spirit in our life and we will have the Spirit guiding our life. And if these things are not happening in our life, then it is not of the Holy Ghost. We started by talking about The, I guess they couldn't take the smell of the food in the back because uh, they're already coming to the front. And I'm, I haven't gone over time yet. Throughout the history of the church, whenever the speaking in other tongues as a confirming sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost has been denied 
or lost from view. The truth and the experience of Pentecost has been distorted. Or, in some cases, ignored altogether. However powerful the initial experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer may be, if this does not find its expression in a life of prayer, witness, and holiness, the experience will soon become a fading glory. Could we bow our heads? Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, this morning, I pray that we would be sensitive to Your Spirit, to Your leading, to Your directing, to Your guiding. Lord, that that boldness might rest upon our lives to proclaim the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And that as we are filled with Your Spirit, it would flow through us and touch the lives around us of a world that is lost and dying without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we would have a greater burden and concern to bring men and women to the cross of Christ. It's in His name we pray. Amen. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at foundationsofpentecost.com.